Hey everybody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Welcome back to the Paid Search Podcast. My name is Jason Rothman. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, partner, Chris Schaefer, the great Chris Schaefer. Chris, how's it going today? Jason, why did the orange stop? I don't know he why. He ran out of juice. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Pay Search Podcast. I got a joke from Molly on Twitter. She responded and gave me a funny joke. Thank you, Molly, for that dad-quality joke. Happy to start off with the first joke of the podcast. I'm not always the funny one. I feel like you're the funny one, Jason, and I just wanted to be the funny one. Because that's a funny, that's a good joke. My seven-year-old would really appreciate that. So... Jason, what are we talking about today? What we got going on today? Okay, well today, as always, hopefully, we are sponsored by Directive Consulting. Uh, We recommend everybody check out their website. They offer free custom proposals. Now, Chris, today, we're solving a problem. We're solving the problem of how do I know my AdWords campaign is at a top quality professional level? How do I know it's at the highest level possible and I'm doing everything I can do to make this a great campaign? But before that, I want to read an iTunes review of the week here, Chris. Uh, This review review comes from uh, Intro TAU. And the title of the review is, If I Hated AdWords, I Would Still Listen. Five stars. Five stars. I'm going to get real. These guys are so good that even if I hated the very essence of AdWords, I would listen. If just hearing the word AdWords invoked a chemical or biological dry heave of unpredictable quality (laughs) or quantity, I would still listen and do it joyfully. They are that awesome. If you could only listen to one thing before you died... God. This would be that thing. So that's a. It's good to get uh, very straightforward, honest reviews about the content there. And going forward, everybody, I want only reviews like that. I don't want just like this is a good podcast, five stars. I want flattery on a world <laughs> scale that the world's never seen. I want reviews that make that last review look like an insult. Make Jason. So please blush. do your best. Yeah, make Jason blush. Uh, I, lo- I love I appreciate that that is that's wonderful I laughed when I read that and I have to say I was glancing through the reviews as well and there's some highly entertaining ones there as well we just it would not be very much fun if we just read everyone's reviews but I really appreciate them they're really funny and we we appreciate every review that we get that's really awesome of you guys to to share when I feel blue I always go and read a review What's with you today, dude? You started. The rhymes, the jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have listened. What's going on? I've listened to a lot of heavy, hard music today. And uh, so I'm in, a, I'm in a weird mood. So. Hmm. At least you're in a mood. Last week you were just, you were just like dust. Dust formulated together that looks like a good looking human being. I was tired. Like, I've. You, you were tired. I don't know what was going on. I was you. tired. And today I have supplemented my energy with heavy metal music so uh if you want to know just at me on twitter and i'll let you know some of my favorite bands if you're interested probably not probably not going to get anyone but (laughs) all right jason today we're talking about Mm -hmm. how to be a pro i have a couple tips i know you have a couple tips and the the way i'm thinking about this is basically we, we do this this is kind of a way for you to 
look at your AdWords campaign and do kind of a, a checklist and say, am I doing this? If I look at this, am I doing this and am I doing it properly? Check. Am I doing that? Because there's no way that we can look at everyone's account and say that you're doing it appropriately for you. These are generic type of things that you can apply to just about anybody uh, and say, are you hitting these benchmarks? Okay, there's always a level that you can go deeper, but these, I would say, are very good standards by which you can say, I'm hitting a very educated, advanced level in AdWords. And I say that, Jason, you may not think that these point to an advanced level, but Jason... I do a lot of training, and when I when I do training, I see some of the most horrific, scary things that any AdWords manager can see. <laughs> Starting, one, yeah, pour one out for a homie because it's <laughs> it is like it, I I go in, I'm like, all right, let's take a look at your and talk about dry heaves. You know, I'm like, I just see broad keywords. It's just awful, and it's like people don't even hear what we're saying. It's it's crazy. So. I have I have three I can run through real quick. Jason, I know you have a, of a few uh, to go through. And I honestly think that once we go through these, I mean, if you ask yourself these questions, you'll be able to know, okay, I'm above probably 80%. Would you say if, if you were able to, to check these off, you'd probably say above 80, 90% of all the other advertisers out there? 97%. 97%. Because... And yeah, I want I want you to work in your tips to these different sections we're going to go through. But the problem that this episode is curing, Chris, is like you said, people are starting from all different places on Google AdWords when they find a show like this or when they really try to dial things in. And it just speaks to the power of search engine marketing that so many people can run pretty awful campaigns and still be profitable um, and still grow their business because search is so effective that there's a lot of slack built into the system. But one of the things I hear, Chris, when I'm not doing training, um, when I'm just talking to new clients or people who work at agencies or questions we get from this audience is people think they're doing good. And a lot of times they are, but they just, they have no idea. There's no checklist out there for how to know for sure if they really are doing as good as they can. Um, so what we've done here today is we're going to go through the different things that we both look at. And I think if you can just check off all these items and you don't have any issues with them and you're performing on them as we're going to cover, you can always improve every campaign's unique, but you're probably doing AdWords at a extreme professional level better than 90 97% of, of the public out there, Chris. Now, Chris, let me just, before we get into our checklist here, let me talk about today's sponsor, Directive Consulting. They are the go-to B2B search engine marketing agency, directiveconsulting.com. One thing about Directive is they do it all when it comes to search. So they do pay-per-click, search engine ads, they do SEO, and they do content. And today, I want to talk about a growth story they had with a little company I like to call Allstate. Of course, we all know Allstate. That these are the kind of companies Directive works with. Enterprise companies, people who need B2B. In this case, it's an enterprise. It's huge. It's Allstate. They're a national insurance company, and they have over 10,000 agents located all over the country. So what they wanted to do was increase the discoverability online of all those locations, increase traffic to those different locations, and conversions. So the way they did that with Directive was through 
SEO. Now, SEO, obviously a little bit different than AdWords, pay-per-click, but it's something that is in the same ballpark. It has the same end goal. You want to get traffic from people doing searches for your product or service, in this case, insurance. And we've said in the past that while we don't cover SEO on this show, it is definitely something if you do it right yeah. and Directive does it right, that's good for your business. It, it's not a bad thing. If you do it right, it is good because it, it brings in traffic that's looking for exactly what you offer. So Directive did a lot of uh, a lot of new content. They made pages with the right keywords. They did a lot of technical work. There's things like site speed that I know a lot of people can need help with with their websites. And they did both the content and the technical stuff. So what they were able to do for Allstate was increase their conversions year over year by 24%, increase their search impression views on search year over year by 21%, and increase their page views of those agent locations by 21%. So the nice thing about Directive, and why we, one of the reasons we recommend them, they do it all, they'll get you covered on AdWords, and at the same time, they'll get you covered on SEO. So they did it for Allstate, they can do it for you. Head over to directiveconsulting.com. They offer a free custom proposal and the Paid Search Podcast guys recommend them. And we thank them for being today's sponsor of the show. So Chris, let's break it down field by field. And it's kind of a thing. You offer training to the noobs, the Christmas noobs. You offer training to people who've been in it for years. I want to approach this today like we're doing some Chris Schaefer training. And I come to you as someone who... I just want a second set of eyes over my AdWords account that I'm managing for a client. I want to know from the best in the game that I really am doing it at a professional level. So if they came to me and asked me that, Chris, the first place I would look is the search terms quality. Is that the first place you're headed or what do you think of that? Yes, it definitely is the first place that I head um, with a quick stop on the way at two other places. I just quickly look at the total spend, search impression share, clicks, you know, just to see how much volume, you know, whether we're working at a a $500 or a $5,000 a month type of client. Quickly jump over to the AdWords, sort it by clicks. What's the top click in the past 30 days? Is it broad? That immediately pulls things down in my mind about whether they know what they're doing because that's a concern, not because you have broad keywords. That is not what I'm saying. I'm simply saying it is if it is the top spend keyword, that is a concern. Uh, and then finally, I jump over to search terms and sort by impressions, maybe by clicks. And I look, what's the top search query? Is the ter- top search query a totally unqualified search? Is it a brand keyword? Is it some? Is it a competitor? These would be huge red flags. And if I go through all of that... And I don't see anything that just immediately tips off. I don't have to jump in and determine, are they doing skags? Do they have three ads per ad group? Do they have less than 30 keywords per ad group? These are things I don't care about. These are just numbers that we throw out because these are good rules of thumb. But in reality, mm-hmm. that's what I really, you know, that's why I can look at account. I don't do written audits. Because all those stupid details really don't matter. Because I, I can put together a quick two, three, four minute video 
screen share video and, and tell someone what they have going on with their campaign. And I don't need to tell them that they don't have some obscure negative keyword in place that they can drop 20% of their clicks because this one negative keyword is in place. That's silly. That's, they don't want to know that. They just want to know, hey, is this so, good or bad? When you go in there and look to see if they're doing it at a pro level, it's not like you're building a, an account. You're going in there with a different mindset. You don't care how they're getting it done. You're mm. just looking to see, first of all, are they getting it done? Exactly. And the way you tell that is by the search terms and with your tip, the keyword. What is getting most of the traffic? And if it's a broad keyword, that's kind of a red flag. For me, I, I could see a case where that could happen, but it is kind of a red flag. Um, Chris, with search term quality, I put in that I want to see 99% quality on there. I don't want to see any, if we're, if we're talking about an account as good as it can be, I don't think you should have more than like, I mean, 99% extreme, maybe call it 90%, yeah. but you should not be going down that list of search terms and be seeing bad quality searches. Like if you're not trying to target competitors, you shouldn't see those. If you're not trying to target prices or whatever, you shouldn't see that. Mm -hmm. um, definitely shouldn't be seeing anything like if it's a mover DIY or truck rental or whatever. I mean, just stuff that totally doesn't fit. At an optimized account that's not trying to play around with broad keywords, you basically should be above 90, 95% quality on the search terms report. Yeah. Is that too harsh or no. is that realistic? No, I completely agree. I mean, one of the things that I immediately do uh, when I jump into a campaign and it's a new account and I'm doing training or something like that is uh, if one of the top keywords is something questionable that's a little too broad for me that doesn't seem to be tightened down quite enough and they have some, you know, lots of clicks, pretty high bids, I will immediately click that one keyword and pull search terms just from that one keyword and sort by clicks and see what what kind of quality are they pulling from this and if it's if that top keyword is pulling just like you said if if i see just a few in that top uh you know top 10 list of the search terms this is a concern because if their top keywords are getting poor quality what's that say about the rest of the campaign you know i'm not going to go in here and say hey right. did you know 2 months ago you got a click from a competitor on on something and it it was a wasted spend of $3 that's stupid. Uh, and who cares? You know, it doesn't matter. But when it, it comes down to that top stuff, the high level stuff, that absolutely makes a difference. Okay. So the first check mark you need to get through, if you want to really know your account is as good as it can be at a top professional level, and there's not as much kind of optimization, hardcore optimization work left to do, you have to get your search terms right. And by right, we mean hardcore, 90 plus, 95% plus. Seriously, People may be listening and thinking, oh, I look at my search terms. They're pretty good. They're a lot better than they were last month. It's not to that level. I'm talking way past that. When I do my negative keyword work on some of my accounts I'm most focused on, Chris, I don't find any negative keywords a lot of weeks. For hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of clicks, I've got things so locked down with match types and negative keyword lists that we're not wasting any money yeah. on bad search terms. So that's the first check mark if you want to know you're at a top professional level. That search terms report is clean. Now, Chris, the next thing I'm kind of looking at is conversion rates. And this one's a little bit tougher because uh, we all know industries vary and all that kind of stuff. And so, like, if you're a Chris industry, apparently a 2% conversion rate is good. If you're Jason industry, a 35% conversion rate. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, Chris, we talked about last week, call only can have 45% conversion rates. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, we never dream of that on search campaigns. And you can have a top perfect, perfect search campaign B2B that maybe only has like a 5% conversion rate or 3% or 4%. So this one's kind of tougher. I would say the check mark thing here for me, Chris, is more that we're tracking all leads and that we are generating leads from all our different conversion types. So you can't tell me you have a top professional as good as it can get account and you're tracking phone calls, but you're not tracking like lead forms on the site. Mm-hmm. that's just not as good as it can be. So my, my threshold here is more like you're tracking everything for sure, every possible way someone can become a conversion. And if you're doing that, most likely you're going to have a 5 to 25% conversion rate, maybe on the mid to higher range of that, 10 to 15%. What do you think of that I'm, for a search legion? Yeah, I mean, Jason, uh, I mean, I don't know what this says. Possibly it's an age thing. I or maybe I'm just. It says you do more B two B. Maybe you do, it yeah. makes sense. You do maybe more B two B. Maybe I'm more negative. My wife says I'm negative. You know, so I just don't see a whole lot of you know twenty five percent type of stuff. You know, it's just not the case for me. I live more in a world where one good click conversion and sale can basically set the entire campaign value for the next six months for some of the clients. So conversion rates, just like you said at the top, is not something I particularly use as a qualification. I would not sweat it, listeners, if you had a 2% or had a 1% or a 0.5%. You just need to know that the quality of traffic that you're getting and that you are getting something out of it. Perhaps you're, you don't want to track phone calls because you, 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 you can't change your phone number and track it so you don't know how many calls you're getting. Or you're using a third-party system and you can't track completed forms on your website. So you don't have an ability to track those. And that's unfortunate, but that's the case for a lot of people. So that's just my thoughts on that one. Jason, I want to jump in on the the next one. And I I should have said this before when we were talking about search queries. But uh, one thing that I like to do with search queries, I know we're going backwards a little bit, but this is a little exercise that I might try. You know, we're talking about quality. Uh, Take your top few search queries, sort them by... Maybe let's say clicks, because that's the only thing that really matters. Impressions, you're not paying for. Clicks, you're, you're actually getting. Take the clicks, copy and paste the first one, the second one, the third one, and put them into Google. Do a Google search. And look at what you're getting. Look at the search results of that search. Look at the ads that are showing up. And so kind of a self-test here. If you are unable to self-diagnose, are these good keywords? Take that word, put it back into Google, and look at the ads on there. Look at the content of the the organic search. And is this appropriate to the type of sales? Are, are, are all these people selling the same kind of thing that you're selling? Are these relevant to what you're selling? And if the answer is no, if it seems off, if it's like, well, I sell printing services, I don't sell printers, and it's just a bunch of printer ads, not printing service ads, red flag. Just something, because I don't really have anything to add particularly for the conversion stuff, but that's that's a good self-test there because a lot of people cannot self-reflect on what they're doing in AdWords because they're too deep in it. They're so deep in the hole, they can't yeah. figure out how how tall is this hole. I haven't seen light in days, you know? So you can't see because you're so deep into your system. That's a good way to kind of pull yourself out and look around and see, this is what my ad's showing up for the most, Am I a good company here? Is is this seem relevant to me? 
So specifically search That's terms. That's a good point. Search terms, by the way. I'm not talking about keywords. Yeah, because search terms are like our number one checklist here is that they have to be 99% good, basically. But good is, I guess, a subjective term. Very, yeah. So if you're running an HVAC, you might be getting 20% of your traffic from the search term air conditioning. And you may think, oh, that's good. That's it's related. Good, yeah. But if you do that search on Google, you, you'll probably see air conditioning units. You'll probably see car job postings for air conditioning companies. Yeah, car stuff. So, I mean, we're talking deep in the funnel here, ready to buy. And you do the search. It's exactly spot on to what you're advertising when you do it in Google. So, Chris, the yeah, next just one to, here. Just in, terms in case of, anyone's listening, I just say, yeah. just in case you're like, someone's like, well, why wouldn't I want to see air conditioning? Jason and I are saying instead of AC or instead of air conditioning, you would want to see a local term. So uh, Dallas Air Conditioning or Air Conditioning Repair or Air Conditioning Service Company. That would be a solid term that you would definitely see exactly the type of results you want. So I just wanted to fill that hole in. I feel like sometimes we we talk a little bit and then don't give that obvious answer, but that would be a more appropriate search term. Go ahead, Jason. Right. Now, Chris, as we're moving on here to click-through rate, Again, this is for people who want to know they're doing everything possible to make this a great account. And it's at a professional, extreme top threshold of performance. I would say, Chris, I don't care what position you're in, one, three, four, you should be getting a 3% or higher click-through rate. Do you think that's too tough? Um I wouldn't say four. We're not tough enough. I know. I'd, I'd say I don't want to cause a division in the group here because Jason, I respect your standards. I just, I wouldn't want if I if I had my clients listening, I wouldn't want them to judge my campaign and professional ability based on their click through rate, and if it's not over three percent. So I don't know. I'm not with you on that one. Um, I think there's a lot of things, but I think more important. I think if you do if you dug down into the keyword level, I don't think I'm I'm thinking about mm-hmm. campaign level. Dig down to the keyword level. Look at your click through rates. Uh, maybe ad group level. Look at your click through rates uh, because those can really differ. You can have some. I could have some ad groups that are very wide reaching, like a low bid broad keyword that's specifically designed to get impressions and to gather some information at a cheaper rate, and it could have a horrible click through right. rate. I would say base that more on your top keywords. You know, what's you know, what's your top three keywords getting? Not search terms. We're completely swapping here. Don't look at your search terms because that's completely biased. That's only that one search term. We're talking about keywords here. Right. Look at your search term and you know, is it getting three plus? Then I agree with you. Yeah, depending on what kind of keyword it is. I just know what the top top campaigns do that I run and it's very rare when you're doing great on keywords and great on ad copy, and just everything's at a top level to see. I mean, 3% may be tough, but I, I definitely don't see like a lot of like 1, 1.5% on those kind of keywords. But I can see where reasonable people can think it's not the biggest focus there. Now, Chris, moving on to bids, what are you doing with your bids? This is one where I think a lot of people can get into a lot of trouble. And the reason I say that is because you can do all of the above that we've talked about right. You can have your conversions set up and tracking. You can have your search term quality perfect. But if you're underbidding and not spending the full desired budget and not getting as many conversions as you can, or if you're overbidding and you're paying too much, 
and you're not getting as many clicks or leads as you could for that same budget, then you're not running at a perfect level. And I was thinking about how you know that. Like, how can you actually tell that? And that's where it gets kind of tough. The only things that come to my mind, and I want to hear how you would diagnose that issue, is anytime I see position 1.0 and we are spending the full budget, um, I always think that we can lower bids and try to get a 1.5, a 2, a 2.1, something, and just see how low we can go and still be able to spend the full budget getting a lower cost per click and a lower cost per conversion. Um, And then on the flip side, if we're not spending the full budget and we see search impression share loss due to ad rank, that tells me we have room to increase the bids as long as increasing them would we have room within our desired cost per conversion to get a higher cost per conversion. So say our goal is $30 cost per lead and we're only hitting a $20 cost per lead, which is great, but we're missing out on 40% of searches and not spending the full budget. We should probably raise the bids, get a higher cost per conversion that's still in our goal, and get more leads overall. Those are the two ways I would diagnose it. Is there any other way to look at bids? This is something that you have shed light on specifically with me in the past that uh, I really respect. I like your diagnosis of it's not you don't always push up because that was always something I used to do in my younger years was I always just pushed harder and pushed more. If I wasn't getting enough, I just bid more. I increased bids, increased bids. And uh, I think that's a great point. And I completely agree. I don't really think there's anything apart from that that I would say. I, I like the fact that if you have zero percent loss due to budget, then you could effectively pull bids down a bit. Uh, and see if you can still get that 0% loss due to budget. So, well, no, I, sh- I should take that back. I guess it needs to be, you need to have something. And there needs to be a number there. Yeah, there, so say you're missing out on yeah. 30% due to budget, you've got room to go down and right. still show up. Right, so now, yeah, you're hitting the cap. As soon as you as soon as you start seeing zero, yeah, I said that backwards. As soon as you start seeing 0% loss due to budget, that means, you know, there's some more there that you could get, so... I like that, and I think that's I think that's uh, something I've always liked about your your strategy on bidding. It makes perfect sense to me. And I've been yep. testing a bit more of uh, the maximized clicks and stuff because they've been putting a lot of changes in, tweaking those. But again, I'm going to stick to what I always always said. There are some people that that's appropriate for, and some that are not. Just quick rule of thumb for me campaigns that don't get a lot of conversions, don't get a lot of clicks, you know, don't have a whole lot of history. That automated bidding is not one of my favorite types of things. The low spend, low conversion. I don't feel like there's a lot of optimization that Google can do with that. So I I like to back off a bit on those, but higher volume conversions, you know, higher volume clicks. I, you know, I'm, I'm okay with a lot of that. Now, Chris, the, another deceptive and this, this topic of like, am I doing it the best I possibly can. There is a lot of self-deception that can go on and I'm sure we fall prey to it all the time. One of the self-deceptive things is you you can have your bids right. You can know you're getting the most leads possible and most clicks possible for the budget. Your click-through rate's great. Your conversions are all tracking. Your search term quality is 99%. But what if you're missing out on keywords? What if you're missing out on great keywords that are going to lead to awesome conversions at a great cost for the advertiser and you don't know you're missing out on them that's where it can get self-deceptive i'll give you uh, a great example 
personal injury campaign, Chris. I'm doing great at it. I did not have the term pain and suffering attorneys. It's not something that crossed my mind. It's not something that was on the client's websites. Mm. It's not something they asked for. Yeah. But I don't remember how I came across it in the keyword research, but I did. And we tried it out and it's getting a great cost per conversion. Wow. And it's bringing in new leads this month that they did not get in the previous months because I missed that keyword. Yeah. So I could have looked at the campaign and it was doing everything else we had just talked about perfect, but I was missing out on great leads for them. So if I told you like, I need to know if I'm missing keywords and I don't, I can't tell that because all I'm doing is looking at my account. How do I know that? How can I figure that out? How can I find keywords that I don't know about? It's kind of a tough thing to do, but what would you do in that case? Yeah. A lot of the times there will be those missed keywords that I'll see in the search queries that will have a term in there that I might be able to pick up on. So that's my first easiest way to find it. Uh, Another way is going to be what we harp about all the time. We did a special episode about it, the big red keyword button. You know, I mean, that always has a lot of new information, interesting stuff that you never thought of. And the more times you try it with different keywords, the the more you're going to get different results and different types of ideas. So big red keyword in the old interface. Google, if you're listening shoot us an email. We will explain very thoroughly about what we're talking about. But, um, and you guys don't yeah, steal it. Tool. Don't steal it from us. Please bring it back. So that that's essentially my tool. My two tools is the, the keyword button and the old interface and then search queries to find those, those missing holes like you're talking about. Yep. A couple things I would do. I, I would do the, the big red button. I would do search terms. You can always try broad keywords at a small level, keep them in their own uh, budget just for pure keyword research. See what you come up on. Do Google searches, see what autofills, see what shows up at the bottom of the search engine um, in terms of recommendations. Another thing I like doing, Chris, scan the clients and competitors' websites, see what their service topics are. Yeah. Yeah. Look at your own client site, look at competitors' websites. Um, And then there's something to be said about common sense, like getting outside of your account just writing down what terms come to mind and maybe you've never put them in there. Um, but really anytime I try to get more keywords, Chris, it is big red button. It's search terms. I get some ideas from broad keyword search terms a lot and then intense Google searches. Like it's just like you do a search like personal injury lawyers. And then one of the things at the bottom of the search results, the recommendations has the word pain for some reason. And then you start doing a search for that. And then one of the recommendations on that is pain and suffering lawyers. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's how I found that keyword. So just intense Google research, searching and searching and searching. So making sure you're not missing out on any keywords. That's, that's key there. And what's Um, one thing I just quickly say, because there's a lot of things that I want people to hear that we didn't say and I want you to notice that we didn't say it, Jason. I immediately didn't go say, you need to buy a software that's $150 a month in order to find these keywords. We both referenced tools that were free and coming from the source that we use, Google. So, Which, by the way, that's where those softwares get their keywords, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, the, from Google. The, the, the systems are not really providing anything unique. They're just doing it in a way that hopefully is easier for you. But I often don't prefer those methods. They don't really have my 
ideas in mind when, when they provide keyword research. It's like keyword research button. I hit it and then here's 400 keywords. Oh, great. You know, what am I going to do with those? I don't want 400 keywords. Right. So yeah, just to point out that little hole there, we didn't mention anything to go out there and buy. I get that question a lot. Right. Now, Chris, just some final things here uh, as we wrap up a quick overview of your demographics, gender, age groups, income levels, and your devices, not to do optimizations here, but to look for no brainer situations. So for some reason, say you had 18 to 24 year olds on for a high end kitchen and bathroom remodeler. And even though, yeah, their parents could be in their account, whatever, uh, say it was just clear over thousands of dollars to spend, their cost per conversion is going to be horrible compared to the other age groups. You need to have that box checked and turn them off and make sure you're aware of your devices and demographic differences. Maybe tablets don't get any conversions. You should have those off. Yeah. Um, just being aware of what's going on there. That's a quick thing. And then re- remarketing, Chris, I think just look for your placements every now and then. Make sure you're not getting tons and tons of clicks at an unnatural click-through rate from a certain placement, like one or two placements. That's a sign that someone's trying to game their website or whatever to get unnatural clicks, which aren't doing you any good. Um, but just having a remarketing it and staying on top of that placement list. Chris, I, I'm trying to think here. Is there anything else at a top, top, extreme top professional level that someone needs to be checking off before they can rest assured that they're running at that level? Well, I would say to go with the remarketing, one thing I saw uh, recently uh, when I was looking at uh, AdWords campaigns was someone had about $1,200 spending on Google search, okay? And then I looked at the remarketing. The remarketing remarketing campaign was spending $700, $700. And this is a recreational uh, facility, and that's $700 a month. So the quick check here, are you doing it right, is... To give some rule of thumb here, you should not be spending more than a couple hundred dollars. I'd say 200 maybe for remarketing. Uh, if you have a moderate number of people coming to your site, if you're a local business, you know, if you're not getting tens of thousands of people coming to your site, you should not be spending that many impressions, that many clicks, because I think you're overhounding it. And you, pr- and the other thing is probably what's happening is uh, you might have optimized lists that are advertising to people outside of your remarketing. 700 really high. You know, maybe 300 something like that in a month, but I you know, it depends on how much your CPC is. If your CPC is really high, Jason, I know you you like to push that CPC way on up there with no limits, but um I would say be careful because those optimized lists will advertise to people outside of your remarketing and what you're essentially doing is showing display ads. You're no longer remarketing to people who know who you are. You are showing display ads to people who don't know who you are, which is not what you meant to do. That's a, that's a great point. I do, Chris, I've spent $655 in the last month on remarketing. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, and I, don't even, I don't even target 25 to 34-year-olds because they're millennials and they don't have businesses to pay me money. Right. But I did turn it on the other day to try it, just to try it. And I got multiple text messages, snap messages, Facebook messages from my 25 to 34 year old millennial friends. Dude, you're all over the internet today. Why are you following me around? And it's like, 
they're so immature they just couldn't even handle it you know they couldn't take it mm-hmm. so i turned them off but um it was just funny i run higher age groups i know people in higher age groups never hear from them about it but i ran with the millennials one day and things were crazy but chris i'd say um remarketing is just innate it's just a reflection of how much traffic a site gets and yes. how big that list can be but that is in and and so reasonable people can disagree about how big those budgets should be but i think that's a great tip that in so quote-unquote optimized lists where google finds like-minded people mm-hmm. um or what they say are similar audiences to your remarketing list it's no longer remarketing it's because no, yeah. that similar audience hasn't been to your website and it's just going to blow up your impression so that is an excellent if you tip. have two thousand yeah. people in your remarketing list the optimized similar audience might have 10,000 people. Now you're not, you're no longer effectively remarketing. You're essentially, the majority of your spend is now display, which is, that's silly. I completely disagree with that. So, uh, yeah, I think it's it's questionable. It's questionable, you know, uh, how much spend, but mainly I was focusing on the percentage difference. He's spending $1,100, $1,200 on search and then $700, $800 on uh, remarketing. That's the main point. He's spending almost just as much on on that, and I, I just feel like that's probably too much. So, all right, Jason, I think we hit it. We hit it, yeah. And again, everybody, we hear from you guys all the time, and I hear from new clients all the time. And one of the things I constantly hear is, how's it going? Are we doing it right? Are we doing it at a professional level? This is the checklist we use to run through to see if we're doing everything possible right. And we hope we helped you guys answer that question so we appreciate you guys sharing the show we're here every monday with the paid search podcast every tuesday and wednesday we have the ppc questions and answers show which one day soon chris will be five days a week and i'm looking forward to doing that with you really my friend thank you yes and uh we want to thank directive consulting for sponsoring today's episode free custom proposals at directiveconsulting.com show notes at paidchurchpodcast.com we appreciate you guys listening and we'll see you next time at night in your closet right before you fall asleep or on the next episode of the paid search podcast. (laughs) Bye everybody. Bye.